Broadcasting live, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning, all our libertarians and lovers of the leaf. I am your host, Honest Abe. We are broadcasting KMA episode number 46. Here with my uh, trusty crew this morning, the Italian scallion, uh, Paul DeGracco. Good morning. Hey, hey, hey. And of course, uh, South Paul from South Philly, who's uh, maybe now we might have to change his name to GOAT. Good morning. Good morning, Alex Tavella. What's going on, buddy? Oh, not much, man. Here, uh, excited for another show and ready to go. Glad you got over your technical difficulties, and uh, we're all here. The band's all together. I hate technology, man. It's one of the things that's freaking me out about the upcoming uh, <laughs> smoke, man. There's always just something looking like it wants to go wrong all the time. So, uh, it's to finally be, get it going beyond and uh, get this Saturday morning started. It's uh, it, 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 is anybody chilly or is it just me? No, we're. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I don't know. I'm loving Listen, it. I'm not used to. I just want to. I just want to put it out there to Tim and any of you other guys that are blaming me. This morning was actually Abe's technical <laughs> difficulty. Just so everybody knows. Yeah, <laughs> something was wrong with my computer this morning. We had to restart it a couple times. It wouldn't uh, give me on this. Stream yard. We got a we got a bunch of people watching on YouTube today too. Just so Hi. you know, you can watch the show. If for some reason you can't stream from Facebook, you can always watch the show at KMA Talk Radio on YouTube as well. So uh, good morning to all of our YouTube guys that are out there. I like so it. yeah, it's pretty cool that it, and it's a simultaneous broadcast. I've I've tested it a few times to see if it's exactly the same, and it's literally second for second. At nice. the at the same live speed as the Facebook, so which really isn't that much delayed anyway. If we had to cut, we really wouldn't be able to cut anything out. <laughs> we don't have we don't have the safety of of broadcast radio here. That is yeah, true. she's whatever you're always to blame, Paul. He's kind of half right. <laughs> you are a little bit always to blame. Paul is I mean, the goat. I guess. The scapegoat. That's so, true. Alex, what's with this? What's with the goat now? I mean, it's like. You know, some of our staff was arguing last night. They felt you gave yourself the name the goat. I, I did not <laughs> give myself the name the goat. Credit goes to, and he will vouch for this. He's proud of it. Matt Hartzell. That's what I said. Matt loyal listener, loyal smoking fan. Matt Hartzell started it. It took off. I, I, I take no credit, but the people have spoken, and it is what it is. I'm sorry, guys. Maybe one day the rest of our staff will get their own nickname, but hey, you got to work a little harder. Yeah, it's funny. So I don't know. I don't know what they call you, the Southpaw from South Philly, or the Goat. Now, it's, you know, we got Kurt Solveld from Norway listening in. Uh, good morning, Kurt. Awesome. Well, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Well, then we shouldn't be complaining about cold. Then I was just going to say Norway. That. <laughs> right. Should probably shut up about that. <laughs> That's funny. So, oh, Paul, what, man. what's going on at the house? 
Uh, I, I know you got to have some honey to do list or some. Uh, you know, yeah, it's Paul funny. Wants, he doesn't want to say. It's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> he doesn't want to say. What's going so, on? So I got this thing with one of my buddies, my, my old business partner. Like we always talk about like weird things that our wife do passively aggressively to us. And this morning I, I get I get my setup here ready because I, I have a you know, I work from home now. So I have a whole setup in this space for during the week and I keep my KMA stuff like on the left side of it. So I switch everything over. You know, it's just laptops, whatever. So I had everything set up here. I restart my Mac. I get everything going at like, you know, eight, eight thirty, whenever I have five minutes. And I guess my wife, I had, I was very gracious last night. I stayed up to take the wash out of the washing machine and put it in the dryer for her. And this morning she took my clean clothes folded and put them right here on top of my KMA workstation. So I texted my buddy. I was like, that's a passive aggressive move, right? Like put your own shit away. And he's like, oh yeah, hundred percent. My, my wife does it all the time. So those little types of things have been happening. Other than that, I realized when I logged in today that I probably should have shaved because I look like a homeless man. But I, you know, I don't do, we, none of my clients even do like uh, Zooms really anymore. We all just, you know, either chat on the phone or, or Skype or whatever, you know, like I don't see human beings anymore. It's very strange. Do you think you're Other going than my parents. To, do you think you're going back to an office ever? Never. No, I know I'm, we're not. We're never going back to an office. We're, we're getting rid of the office space. So that's why we're desperately trying to find a, a bigger house so I can have like an actual office and not be stuck in this in, in my bedroom here. So so how many how big was the office that you had? Uh, well, we at one time when I first started there, we had 34 employees. Oh, now, wow. now we have now we have 15. But and we got rid of one of the suites that we had. We had two big suites. I mean, it's got to be at least 2000 square feet. Maybe a little bit bigger, the office. I just, so I just, I just feel like office, it's everybody can work from home. Yeah, we're all working from home except for the accounting department and the owner. The owner refuses to leave the office. He wants to be in the office every oh, day. Oh, smart because I, I believe that office people um, work at tops, you know, 50% capacity when working from home. We're just not geared. Office people are not geared to work from home unless you're like an IT guy or like a coder, one of those web guys that like can and does work from home. Office people are not geared to work from home. Well, I can prove you wrong. I can prove you wrong because our, our year over year numbers, we have a 30% increase in revenue. It doesn't prove them wrong. I love when people start calling out statistics that just, just like that, that could be just because of the year. Everybody went to uh, social media and emailing and online ordering. That could have been the cause for your increase. And that has nothing to do with productivity. I totally agree with Alex. I think oh, I'm not saying we're more productive. I'm not more productive. Oh, I, I work like half the amount. That's the point. I mean, I, I, I think it takes a certain discipline, a certain type of person that can work at home like they would at work. And I think that's a, a very small percentage of the population. I think it's just normal to be distracted, to do what you want to do, to, you know, especially if you got kids, forget about it. I and am not that kind of person. I, I used to work from home before when I owned my own business and when I was an actor and I never got anything done. I think I, I if I put on pants, Literally you know, once a week, out. it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's very hard to have that same, same focus and productivity level at home. And, and, and the slow. Oh no, yeah, I agree. Uh, we got, I, I we agree. Got, 
we got one person working at home and I'm, I totally feel his productivity level is probably 30, 40% less than what it would be when he'd been here working for the last four years in, 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 the, in the building. Well, I mean, it, it's crazy times if people have to, you know, there's certain situations where people have to work from home. I mean, it is, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. What it is. So, but it, it, it's hard. It's hard working from home. I was doing, I mean, I didn't, I, you know, I don't really have anybody to answer to, but I was working at home for a while and, you know, it took me, I couldn't get to stuff because kids were running around kids wanted to do this. Right. Somebody's yelling and screaming. I'm getting up and seeing who's crying and why they're crying. And you, and know. you have a big, and you have a much bigger house than I do. So I can't imagine that's, and it's funny because one of my, one of my clients, he lives in a, he has a big, like 6,000 square foot house in New Jersey. And I was talking to him the other day and I was like, dude, once I get a bigger house, it'll be easier for me to just like go into a corner. He goes, what are you crazy? He goes, I have five kids. We live in a 6,000 square foot, What, for all intents and purposes, it's a mansion. He goes, those those sons of bitches come in here all day long. He said, they, they pick the lock to get in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, it's not going to change anything for you. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, Maybe I'll just start setting up in Boynton Beach and, and just work <laughs> from there. Yeah, we'll find you a closet or something. But, you know, that's the thing for us. A lot of what we do is just like, hey, here, look, take a look at this. What do you think? Oh, switch this. Turn that around. Let's do this. Change that color. Boom. And it all happens in real time rather than, you know, having to email this well, over, wait for a response. It just kind of things that like happen. Boom, boom, boom. Kind of take longer when it's no, but there's there's or... systems for that. They, a lot of a lot of companies use teams. Right. It's like an ongoing chat and, and you can have ongoing audio. I know a guy up in New York, a friend of mine. They they work for a brokerage firm and they have a, a link to to their entire team all day. So it's not like he can get up and like do crap all day and not work. He has to be available to them. He's got his headphone in all day long talking to everybody. So and I know guys that, that do video links all day too. In the corner of your screen, you just have they're watching you work all day and you're yeah, you, know, you can't see what's on the screen. They're home watching porn. He tried that. <laughs> All you see is them doing this. Ready? And then I'd, I'd print a picture of me and like put it like here so that it looks yeah. like I'm at my desk. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a picture of me. I couldn't put it up here, but I have a bunch of knickknacks and toys on my desk, but that's about it. Here, you could put this guy. You would think this was me. Absolutely. It's close. Just. Close. Just sit there all day. Eye. You've got one you got left eye. You got to see my hair. <laughs> yes, he does. One of our so, kids wants to know if you were an actor, Paul. What kind oh, of Oh, they're act? asking if I was an actor? You must have mentioned I was an actor. They want to know what kind of acting did you do, Paul? Uh, I did I did everything. I did everything from industrials to like a lot of training videos for big corporations. I'm I'm in the gap training video, if you ever work at the gap. I'm in the Tiffany wait, and Company training video wait, wait, before wait, 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 I ever wait, wait, wait. worked there. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're not still in the Gap training video. I may be. Yeah, they keep them for a long time. Fun to watch the video. They well, I, no, I'm not still in it then. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I was I was in the Tiffany and Company video before training I worked video. there, and when I worked there, yeah, training video. I watched the training video for. Um, terrorist attacks. They have literally a special terrorist attacks training video, and I saw myself in it. And I was like, "Oh, that's me ten years ago." Um, but then I also did. A training I also video did terrorist attacks. Yeah, yeah. Wow. New York, man. A lot of, a lot of money so there. I did. 
I did a lot of uh, small TV things. I did Chappelle's show twice, but it never aired. Um, <laughs> what else did I do? That I, I did an off-Broadway show for seven years is my kind of claim to fame. It was an improv off-Broadway show. So I, I've done improv for most of my career, corporate training and stuff like that, but did, uh, did a lot of off-Broadway stuff. So nothing, nothing huge on TV. Nothing yeah, yeah. you would know me from. A lot of featured Anything extra work. Anything we can find is the question. I have a whole reel that I would probably share with you for the right price. There's there's videos of me as an elf, a Keebler elf, getting oh. caught stealing. Dude, come on, you yeah. got it. You got to You got to cough up that video. Come on, Paul. <laughs> no, I don't know seriously. if I have the full video of that. I think I have. I think I have clips of it. That's so, fine. I'll you in an elf suit? You got to cough up that video. You got to be dressed as the lion from the uh, the cowardly lion. Uh, that from is Wizard of Oz. I did a I did a, a local commercial. Yeah. Coop wants to know if you did the Muppet Show. <laughs> <laughs> no, Coop. I never did the Muppet Show, but I have been called a Muppet many times. Listen, enough about me. We have a an awesome guest on today. Stellar guest. Friend of the show for many many years. We were just talking to him about about some of his products. Um, should I just bring him? Oh wait, we got to play the Meet Your Maker thing. See, I forgot yes, we have do. that. All right, let's uh, before without further ado, Meet Your Maker. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. Hailing from just a few hours away, or not even a few hours away from KMA headquarters, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Nick Perdomo. Nick, how are you today? How are you guys? Good morning to everybody. Wow, look at that lit, beautiful backdrop you got going there. I know. There. I know. I, hey, I came, into, I came into the office early just for this, honestly, so I'm glad to be here. I, I, I really have to say, and I don't, I don't know people know this or people listening to the show know this but out of any company that i've dealt with in 25 years of being this business and you know i don't think it was i, th I think it really started more about 10 years ago where you guys really got hardcore into it but i don't think any company has put the amount of thought and effort into how their product looks on the shelves when consumers walk into the humidor. Go back to that screenshot, Paul, when I showed Nick. I mean, you guys, I'm, I'm talking about I've done hardcore research, and you guys even spend some of your own money to light up these humidors so that when people walk in, this is how they see your product on the shelf, which I think is a testament to you and how you do your business. I think it's phenomenal. Look at the beauty of that behind you. Well, thank you very much. Uh, you know, we're proud of what we do, and we want everything to look as good as possible. To me, a box of cigars is something so special, Abe. You know, you give it to weddings, you give it to your children, you know, celebratory things. I think it should be special. So uh, we believe our cigars are special. We believe the package can be equally as special. Yeah, and, and, and when I see research, you guys have really done some research. I mean, your, your Vice President Arthur has sat in my office, and it's like mathematical equations to figure out You've walked into retailer stores. You'll measure up. You'll do the mathematical equations. You'll you'll map it out. And you'll say we can make it look like this. What yeah, do we do? We have a thing. We have a thing called the matrix. And basically, what we did is we followed companies like Coca Cola, Kimberly Clark, Procter and Gamble, 
unfortunately nobody in the cigar industry but we thought it was it was very important and we know that you guys pay a lot of money by the square inch in your humidors and the strategy is to keep the product turning and the visibility of of, of ease of shopping for the consumers and it's worked incredibly for us wow that's i had no i mean i always noticed that right? perdomo's setup looked better than everybody else's but i never i never realized that it took that much time and effort but i guess that that means it's working if you don't know that somebody's putting that much time and effort and it still and it looks so great Absolutely. that's thank you that's pretty cool i just i just think i just think it's very important and you know the retailers have it tough their costs keep going up and so on and what's the strategy to to build your brands and as humidors and how does the retailer stay in stay in business you know my business is very unique 80.24 percent of my business is brick and mortar so the brick and mortar's livelihood to Perdomo cigars is extremely important for us so um you know we take it very seriously now nick your 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 family your whole family these days now from what i even understand is your grandmother is and i think it's awesome is, is involved in the running of the business is that correct well now my grandmother my mother's 85 and uh um, she, she yeah she comes in she comes into work every day um you know janine my wife you guys know her well my brother yeah. uh, really it's a whole family affair it's uh it's either i'm crazy or i'm smart but i work with a lot of family <laughs> i think that's awesome now you don't you don't really make your mom do work do you nick no, it's my mom wants to do work, Abe. She was a great example for me, like your dad was to you. You know, I always saw my parents work so hard. And, and uh, you know, a lot like you and I have kind of a similar story. I mean, you know, we live in the greatest country in the world. How can we fail if we work hard at it? And as you built your great business, you know, I, I worked really hard. I started out of a garage, but I had such a great example because of my mother and my father and seeing how hard they worked. And uh, it was a great example for me. I think most people know the story when you literally, I mean, you say I started out of my garage, you're not kidding. You were rolling out of your garage. And, um, you know, I remember when the brand was just coming up and you had all the box press cigars. I mean, did you, did you ever, and I get asked this question all the time and I'll see if your response is the same. You know, when you were just making your box press cigars and just putting them out and getting through, did you ever think that this is where the company would get to? No, I was praying that I could continue sending my kids through grade school in a private school here where I live in Miami. And I kept saying, God, if you could let me get them through third grade and I could pay the tuition, that would be awesome. And my wife and I would pray and say, God, we hope we can pay that they can go through fourth grade. Then we said, we hope they can go through junior high school and then high school and then you look at college. college. Right? Yeah. I mean, look, yeah. I, I, I have the same answer. I said, I don't know if I really thought that far. We're so ingrained in the moment of what we're trying to do in the moment that we're not thinking about where this is going to go five or 10 years from now. You know I mean? It's just, uh, I think it's just a natural evolution. And I think, uh, when you work hard, like you say, and you do things right, uh, you know, things just evolve and they happen and they happen right for you. So yeah, you're spot on. I notice, I notice you and the missus traveling a lot. You guys seem to be, <laughs> the epitome of a couple still in love and you travel and you're, you're having a great time, which I think is awesome. Cause you know, especially from the, the old world mentality, like, you know, my family, I'm sure your family have, you know, they just didn't know how to enjoy themselves. You know, it took a long time for my father to just chill and say, all right, I don't have to work to the day I die. Let me try to enjoy myself and get out and see the world. And, and honestly, it took a, it took my father a, um, 
honestly, I mean, I don't know if he even realized it or not, but it took him a little scare. He had a tumor in a kidney uh, one year, and they had to take him out. And I think it freaked him out a little bit. And whether he knows it or not, I noticed that his attitude on life kind of just like flip flopped after that. You know, um, you get to the point where you're ready to turn over more of the helm to uh, the, uh, Nick the Third. Well, I've been, I've been turning over the helm to Arthur and, and Nicholas and Ralph a little bit more and more and more. You know, they keep saying I'm getting older and older, but I, I still love it. I travel more than ever visiting yeah. retailers and, and so on. But uh, I think it's only about 25 years of marriage where my wife said, you know, you work 17 straight years without taking a day off. It's nothing different than what you did and a lot of other business people did. But uh, I, was, I was blessed that my wife supported me. But she said, it's about time we start taking vacation. I said, well, I, I live in Miami Beach. I'm on vacation every day, right? And she said, no, I mean real vacation. We need to start going out. And I said, well, I'll take you to some retail stores. And she was like, no, I'm not talking about that. I love doing that too, but we need to go see Italy and see some of the world and, and so on. And we started, we started doing some vacations. I'm not the greatest at it because I really love what I do, just like you do. And even when I'm on vacation, a lot of times I, I, I miss it. And I'm blessed, you know, when you start something like you did from something small, you're, you're much more appreciative. And that was one of the things that I wanted to build with, with Nicholas. My son was not only telling me about the sweat equity and how hard I work, but also to be appreciative of our retailers and consumers. And I think he's, he's done a great job at that. And, you know, Arthur's the, the vice president of the company. He's the one who moves next into the slot for me, but uh, maybe I'll be the chairman of board, but I still got, I still got a ways to go, Abe. I'm, still fairly young and and i i really love i love the industry i love seeing our consumers you know my competitors will say how do you do all those events and i'm like how can you fail when when you got this attitude from your competition nobody comes up to me and says i'm hating life i need a box of cigars everybody's happy to see you so right you, know, you got to pinch yourself you're blessed you know it, it is fortunate that we love what we do and the people we interact with every day i mean we had a you know I had a, I mean, a great evening last night. We were here late, and we actually had a couple um, who found us during COVID. So it's not even like they were, have been like patrons for like ten years or more. They found us during COVID and become such avid fans. They're from Alaska, and they had a vacation planned in New Orleans. So they had been in New Orleans all week. They left New Orleans in the middle of their vacation. They, st they still have the hotel room there because they got to go back. They even check out. They drove 14 hours to be here last night and today and are heading back tomorrow just because they wanted to come see Smoke In. Which, I, you know, how do you not love what you do when when you have people like that? I mean, it's, and people who appreciate what we do for them. I mean, I, it, it's the best thing I love about being in this industry. Yeah, it, it's simply awesome. Uh, Yuri Robble, my distributor in the Czech Republic, is tuning in on the show. And, you know, he's, he's 10,000 miles away and his love of cigars, he's he's listening to your show right now. You know, I was looking earlier while you guys were talking and just seeing some of the people that are coming on the show. I mean, with with, with technology today, which I'm not the biggest fan of either, you got people from all over the world watching watching your show and knowing about you and your business and so on. It's wonderful. You know, you mentioned the Czech Republic. And, you know, I think a lot of people in the States – don't realize this and, 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 and you know whatever but you know many of the manufacturers today do have a, um, a, a presence in Europe and overseas and, and how much how much of the Perdomo business is overseas 
It's about 19%, but if you can envision 10 years ago, it was zero. So it's, it's really grown exponentially, but you know, America first, I mean, we, it's, it, we continue growing in the United States 2020 outside of all the bad things that happened was a bumper year for the cigar industry. We at Perdomo had a record year. Um, a lot of guys are cutting, you know, going through zoom. Some companies are even cutting salesmen. We're adding, we're, we're reducing territories. We've added five new salesmen. In the last year, we're we're actually here working today. We just brought in a a new gentleman for to work the Kansas City. Uh, he's going to live in Kansas City, but he's going to work, you know, Iowa, Nebraska, Missouri, and and Kansas. He, he was a seasoned vet who worked for a company that eliminated all their salesmen. He worked in the Mid Atlantic. We brought him in. We just keep adding more and more salesmen. We're trying to do is give better customer service to our retailer. That's why you see my brother a lot more. He used to work the state. Now he works half the state. Um, you know, he's home every day. Our guys are fresher. They're seeing their consumers more often and their retailers more often. And we just believe that's the future for us, where a lot of people believe a Zoom meeting and technology is. is I just think face-to-face -face contact with your consumers and your retailers is paramount for our business. It's a very relationship-type business, as you well know, Abe. I, you know, I think it's paramount for a lot of businesses. <clears throat> but, you know, there's this huge movement and huge mentality that anything can be done during zoom or you know video broadcasting are just as good and you know um yeah i'm not i'm not a hundred percent believer in that you know and especially in what we do i mean look our our business shows it because for many months we were cash and carry only right people had to come and get what they had and they had to walk out the door couldn't sit down couldn't interact with them you know, couldn't have a dialogue with them. And it's a huge difference in numbers between that. And I'm not, I'm talking even without the stores with our bars or when the bars were just closed and we were able to open, but not open up the bars. It was a dramatic difference when people were able to interact face to face and then start sitting down and socializing and how, how the business model went. So, um, you know, we're happy and thank God, hopefully that that's kind of behind us now. And, we're trying to move forward into a more and more positive 2021. And, you know, on that note, Nick, uh, how did how did your company work around last year? I mean, as a retailer, I could tell you we're experiencing a lot of shortages. I mean, whether it's just regular retail, whether it's for our promotional programs, um, a lot of guys are having a hard time getting product. And, you know, you're living your company, you grow your own tobacco. You roll your own tobacco, you make your own cigars, you banjo, you, you, know, you make your own boxes and, and box your own cigars. How did that impact you down in Nicaragua? And are, is there any effect of that still today that you're feeling in your company? Well, people that know me know I was a germ freak before COVID was was popular. And thank God all our workers were, were healthy, not only in Nicaragua, but here in the States. Uh, what we did is we worked. And, uh, you know, the bean counters and our CFO always says you grow way too much tobacco you make too many cigars and uh look that's money in the bank as far as i'm concerned and uh, we shipped in 2020 99.998 complete throughout wow. the year we had we had no shortages we we have a tremendous amount of inventory of not only well-aged fillers binders and wrappers but cigars we just built a new 18,000 square foot uh walk-in humidor in, in nicaragua facility and uh, we can put up to 10.3 million cigars in that humidor. And uh, we have another big one on the, on the other side of the facility. And you're as good as your cigars. So not only are we shipping cigars, but we're shipping well-aged cigars. And our consumers and our retailers win because of that. And nobody should wait in line to give you their money. 
whether it be a retailer or a consumer to a retailer. So when guys want cigars, you have to deliver. And I'm proud that that we've delivered. I mean, our you know our workforce has to work, and and they're doing a great job. And right now we're we're working Monday through Saturday, and our growth has been so exponential. And in January of this year, last year was a record. We've already beat January of last year in the first two weeks. It's just, it's astronomical, the growth that we're having. We built another facility in the middle of downtown Esteli to, to help us just to build stock. We have one of the largest facilities in all of Central America. But look, we're putting our money where our mouth is. We want to make sure that we have enough cigars for our retailers to sell. And I think they're, they're appreciative of it. We're expanding shelf space all around the world and uh, people are getting their cigars and they're able to sell them you can't sell something if you don't have it and i know it's got to be frustrating for the retailer and the consumer if he can't find something he wants and i think at Perdomo we're giving them that is is that a testament i mean look i, I mean i'm the same way i mean yeah I, I i i'm you know i get i get asked about a lot of you know retailers about mistakes and, and you know believe it or not sometimes guys want to get in the business and part of the thing is you know, if you're afraid to buy, then you can't be in retail. You know, money in the bank today is kind of worthless, and you're better off having cigars to sell. And that's kind of how we built our business from day one. Um, while our competitors would be out of stock locally and didn't have stuff, people just got used to the fact, well, they can come and smoke in. And we always had stuff stacked to the ceilings because that's what we do. If You know, that's your business. Your business can have the product to sell. So, you know... Um, you know, have, you're absolutely right. Having that product is, is key. And, um, you know, but having something like a pandemic was something nobody could have anticipated. So, you know, the fact that you were able to fulfill that much percentage of your orders last year is, is honestly a testament to how you run your company. Well, thank you. We grew by 38.14%. My goal was 12%. Um, That's amazing. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I proved, you know, my, 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 my accounting firm always says I'm out of my mind. My accountant came by this year and he said, I'll never tell you shit again, man. Just do what you do. You know what you're doing. So, so, yeah. Um, no, you got it. You got to have finished product. You have to grow. We grew this year. We're growing on 1,730 acres. Last year, we grew on 1,510. We added a couple hundred more acres of land. Hey, listen, it's like Abe said, there's no money being made in the bank. And with everything that we do and being totally vertically integrated, one of the proudest things that I'm proud of is that. We're a completely debt-free company. We owe nothing. We've had zero debt service since 2001, and we're 2021. So I, I think that our guys, we, we've run the ship in the right direction, and we're just moving forward, and we continue growing with all our retailers, including Smokin', and we're appreciative of it, but at the same time, we're proud of it. Well, we appreciate it, Nick, and you were one of the first companies that we as an organization worked with very early on, and... Uh, I think you I just want to highlight what he just said for a sec, because being in being in business, being a 100 percent debt free company and being as successful as you are. There's a lot of these guys online now that are talking about, you know, other people's money and the debt doesn't matter. And if you're not in debt, you know, I think Grant Cardone says if you're if you don't owe money to somebody, you're doing something wrong. Obviously, that's not the case with your company. Nick, is that like a was that a personal thing for you that you that that was a goal that you reached towards for the company to be debt free it was my mom my mom always said don't have debt and uh you know i remember we have a line of credit in the bank and the, the guy that owns my bank's a buddy of mine he said i'm so pissed you never take your line of credit out so i told my <laughs> mom i told my mom to pay payroll and you know we have we have over five thousand employees between nicaragua and the united states so payroll's wow. quite big and we 
we paid payroll and I had lunch with him on Monday. I said, you got to be happy. He said, no, I'm pissed at you. And I said, why is that? I said, my mom paid payroll on Friday. And she said she did. And she paid the bank back this morning. So we only got interest on Saturday and Sunday. And I was just brought up that way. It's just, I'm, you know, I'm kind of old school. Look, you got to take risk in business. There's always could be debt. I understand it, but eventually you have to, you have to pay down on that debt. Just like the stuff about printing money that we're doing right now. This is a big disservice to our children and our grandchildren. I'm not going to get into too much of that, but you have to be, you know, fiscally responsible in your business and you do the best you can. But I think it's paramount. I think that's one of the most important things about our business. We have so much, but we pay for it. And um, we're lucky too. Our retailers pay us. Um, you know, we have over 3,000 accounts. We sell a lot of cigars this year. We had a bad debt of $1,231. It was from one single retailer in our home state who just closed up one night in Fort Lauderdale and vanished in thin air. So I think I think that's that's pretty great too. Uh, our partners are, are excellent, including Smoke. And we do, you're, you guys are one of our biggest customers in the country, never have a problem with anything. And you guys do have back stock and anybody that goes into your stores can purchase something. You know. Keith Meyer, who used to own Cigars International, said, you know why the catalogs keep getting bigger? I said, is it discounting? He said, no, it's we have everything. Guys come into a store. They want to buy a box of Churchill's. The guy's got four in a box with no back stock. They just go on their on their phones. They, they hit us, and then they become customers for us for life. And the retailer is our best friend. So um, when you have a retail shop like Smoke Inn and a lot of the great ones around the country that carry inventory where you can purchase your cigars and always know they're going to have them in stock, that's huge for the consumer. You know, it really is. Inventory's always been our problem. We've always been fighting it. And for years, we've run our company by by the inventory that we've had in our linear square footage of our humidors, which, you know, our humidors are bigger than average and they're nice size and they, we fill them up good, but it's still not enough. And, um, you know, making the move last year of getting a warehouse for us is exciting, but the process has been killer. I mean, we, we're still having, they still have it. We signed a lease, I think it was October. I think October, we signed a lease last year. Beginning of October, even maybe. Late September, early October. Nick, they haven't delivered the building to us yet. It's wow. typical. I just, I just moved to a new apartment and, uh, you know, we had it built out. I, I was supposed to move in in January. I moved in last week. <laughs> you know, COVID's a bad thing, but every every excuse in the world now they use the COVID. Oh, my worker didn't work today because he tripped on the floor. It was COVID. You know what I mean? It's always <laughs> it's always something. So they can use that as an excuse. And I know it's frustrating. How long you have to wait? You got to come down to our warehouse if you get a chance down here in Miami. If we could show you some different rack systems and stuff that might work out good for you. Actually, your warehouse in the future. We're probably now we're within the thirty day window. From what I understand, I was yelling and screaming yesterday. We're in the 30-day window of, of starting construction, but I'm going to take you up on that, Nick, because yeah. I'd like to, I, I might need your help on figuring how to configure and maybe even having some guys set up this, the warehouse rack. Yeah, and then there's all different types of movable things that you can move in depending on the on the square footage and space of your warehouse, and it can make you a lot more efficient by yep. doing it and quicker. Yeah, I will take you guys up on that. I, you know, when I first moved here, it's really funny, and, and Nick will tell you when I first moved here. Uh, and started business. I think I was in Miami once a week, once a month, once a month, once a month. I, I, I typically made a trek to Miami where I would stop and I would see guys like Nick and the Padron family and my mentor self Fontana would be down there, whatever. And it's like now it's like years, years between trips. So I'm, I'm overdue for a trip to come down there and uh, 
see a lot of your guys. Years? Come on. You're like an hour away. You know, I guess early in my career, I had to go down to Miami to see people because nobody knew who we were. Uh, and true, then true. you get fortunate enough to the position where now they're happy to drive up and see you. Listen, I joke about it, but it's a true story. It's like when I used to go to the trade show. I'd gone to the trade show for years, right? Three, four years, five years maybe. And then I got my first dinner invite from Ashton. And I'm saying to myself, oh, this is nice. Ashton wants to invite me to dinner. It's probably going to be me and my rep and three other guys. And I show up in this room. There's like 400, 500 people in this room. I'm like, what the heck is this? I'm like, oh, these guys do dinners every year. I'm like, you mean you guys take retailers out to dinner? Like, there was, you know, I never even knew that, you know, manufacturers would have these parties and invite people and take people out because we were just small. We just got in the business and nobody knew who we were. No one was courting us or inviting us anywhere. It took me years before I figured that out. It was crazy. I invited you, I, I invited you to a small Cuban restaurant in Esteli, Nicaragua. Remember that? <laughs> Dude, that was one of my favorite trips. Nick, I think, I think, and I'm not really sure, but it wasn't my first. It was probably my second really, really early on. But Nick was one of my first factory tours. And this was before, this was still when you were making all the box press cigars. And you hadn't really changed the packaging and changed the rounds and, and kind of rebranded some of this stuff. It was very, very early on. And I even remember the little, like, um, the woman with all the, I mean, she had, like, two cans and parrots. And, like, you'd be eating breakfast and there'd be a two-can just come up right to the, your, your, your table. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Is she still there, Nick? Uh, Sarah Gonzalez, CR Factory, she's still there. She's been with me for 28 years. Yeah. Wow. We, uh... Ten yeah, we had little cabanas two, and something, oh, down yeah. there. and that's where yeah. everybody stayed. And we'd have breakfast in the morning, and breakfast would be like out in this courtyard. And like the, I'm telling you, the birds would come up and have breakfast with you and sit at the table. And then sure. you know, Nick would take us out, and, and we and you know, I think it was my first touring. I think it was where I first got exposed to seeing the process. And if you're out there listening, look, if you're out there listening, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have done these factory tours by now, but. I'm always amazed because they've been doing them probably for over 15 years, very adamantly, not just Nick, but some other manufacturers, but Nick throws a great tour. And I'm, I, I, I'm, you, you, I mean, outside of COVID, you were still doing tours. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first time in 17 years where we, we had to unfortunately cancel our tour this year. There's really not much COVID going on in Nicaragua, but the airlines and the governments made it so difficult for our consumers and retailers to come down that we decided to cancel it. It was kind of a heartbreaking decision. We, we made that decision 10 days ago and I love doing these tours. They're really educational and they're very good for my business and for the business of the retailer, but unfortunately we canceled them this year. You I love, going, sorry, Paul, go ahead. I, I love watching Nick. You started doing a series of videos of you at the factory and at the office and at the headquarters talking about like the, the process. And that I found super interesting because from a guy on the outside that, that just smoked cigars. And now I kind of, you know, obviously I fell into this industry and fell, you know, deeply in love with it, uh, with, with the backstory of the industry. Um, you know, I think you did a video with like the, 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 the leaves on a rolling dryer. I, and you just you, you talked about like all the details, how it works, why you're doing this, why you do it this way, that there's quicker ways to do certain things, but you guys do it this way. 
those have to be widely successful for you as well. So it's almost as good as the tour if you if you can't go on the tour this year so you can watch the videos. <laughs> yeah, it's not as good, but we have a new YouTube channel, Perdomo Cigars, and basically we start from soup to nuts on how to properly cut and light a cigar, how not to get sick to smoke a cigar, and we go through through the complete processes, and we're continuing doing that. We have a new series that's coming out now where we're going to talk about the different brands and what makes them so special so people understand them too, and it's a uh, it's not only a great training tool for the consumers, but also for the for the store clerks, the the, the retailers, and, and the consumers yeah. alike. And I've enjoyed doing them, and uh, we're, we're we're starting them again next week. We we kind of got to bring it to to the guys too, and I think a lot of the consumers really enjoy it, and I think the retailers do also. And uh, we want to show them our passion and, and how we we make our cigars, and it's been really successful. I think one of the things I was getting to is, and if like for those consumers who really haven't found a way to, or haven't gotten themselves down there. Um, it's really amazing and eye-opening to really see what the process is and how long the process is to make one cigar, whether it be from the seedling in the, in the, in the greenhouse to taking it out to putting it in the ground to watching it grow, to everything, especially with a guy like Nick who has his own box factory too, and the making of yeah. the box. It's it's mind-blowing, and it's, you're blown away. And I think, I think every consumer who gets a chance to go down there looks at cigars in a completely different way because we have this mentality of assembly line mentality you know we're thinking like motorola and there's a you know it's it's way way more complex and way less technology involved this is hand labors of love and i think when you go down there you really see that for the first time it exposes you and i think it changes you forever on how you think about a cigar can sure regular does. consumers go on that tour nick Yes, most of the time the consumers come with their with their designated retailer, but um, right. we do we do have consumers. It's about seventy thirty, uh, you know, between retailers and consumers. But we we brought in consumers the last six years, and the reason was is we do a merchandising thing that I learned at Google, and I want the consumers to be part of it because they actually teach the retailers what they're looking for. Sometimes the retailer is so close to it that he doesn't really see the reason why we tell them certain things. For example, Perdomo Habano, Bourbon Barrel Age, when we came out with the new package, we told everybody they had to carry four facings. And the reason was is because it was the eyesight of how people look. And, you know, 62% of our accounts said yes. You know, the rest of the other, the other percentage said, don't tell me how to run my business. I'm certainly not telling anybody how to run their business. But you would figure losing, you know, 38% of our retailers on that brand, we would be way down. We grew our business as you that year by 113%. It just proves how merchandising works and the lack of contamination of product. Uh, Abe was, uh, his family was in the supermarket business. Everything's by the square inch and we just believe in the same thing. So uh, it's been refreshing now about 100% of our accounts follow our merchandising and it, it's worked very good. And um, look, we just, we want our retailers to be successful because our consumers become more successful because they can buy the product easier and everybody wins and it's it's really been instrumental in our company in the last 11 years by by going through this um and you know we're happy that, that it's really working oh that's awesome i mean it's you're not just you're not just uh going out there blindly trying to sell things having a reasoning behind it doing the research that you do that's that's key that's like getting into into my part of the business what what i do for for a living you know, as far as the digital, the digital side and, and dealing with the Googles of the world. So 
there's a lot of thought and time that goes into that. So you should definitely be uh, be commended for doing such a thing. Abe, are you uh, are you good to go for this other segment that we want to do? Because we're ready to go. Which one? The spotlight? Yeah, we we can go. I have our spotlight guest ready to go, and then we can go into break. All right, we, we're we, go we work on the fly, baby. We work on the fly. Work on the fly. It's Paul, the producer, for you. All right, so we're going to do a little spotlight segment. It's a new feature segment that we have, and uh, then we'll probably go to break right after that. After the break, I want to talk more to Nick about some of the new uh, repackaging and new lines that he's got coming out. So we'll be uh, we'll get to that after the break with Nick Perdomo. Now with the smoking spotlight feature. So we are joined now by our good friend, Alec from Alec and Bradley, or Alec Bradley Cigars and the Alec and Bradley line, correct? Did I say that right? Yeah, absolutely. Good morning, boys. How you guys doing? <laughs> morning. What's going on, buddy? So we're How talking fun. about the Kinzuki Cigars. Did I say it right? Because there's been a lot of debate in my company on how to pronounce it right. Kinsuki. Yeah, I said that. Kinsuki Cigar. So tell yeah. us about the cigar. Um, what do you want to know? Uh, wrapper, binder, filler, uh, sure. you, everything? Okay, so we are making it at the Rices Cubanas factory in Honduras. Uh, has a Honduran Trojas wrapper, Honduran Nicaraguan binder, and Honduran Nicaraguan fillers. And what? where did the name inspire from? What is what is Kinsuki? So Kinsuki is this uh, ancient Japanese art form um, where you take broken pottery and you put it back together with gold lacquer. And it's about beauty and the imperfections and making something stronger than it once was. And we kind of felt that with the industry being kind of fractured right now, or definitely it was more so before COVID with, uh, you know, people leaving our trade show, all that stuff, that this was kind of representative of what we wanted to see happen is the industry come back together in a stronger way. And strangely enough, even though it's been horrible with, with COVID, COVID has actually brought all, all of us a lot closer together with these Zoom calls. Because this, I mean, this used to be in person and now we can do it from home uh, on a whim. So we've kind of seen COVID bring this industry a lot uh, tighter together. Cool. And yeah. how, many, how many Vitolas is the cigar coming? It comes with four Vitolas, Robusto, Toro, Gordo, and Corona Gorda. Price range? Uh, about seven to nine. $79. Very, yep. very good. And the cigar has been out for how long now? Uh, just about a month and a half. Very new. So yeah. it's been getting good reviews, and uh, we're excited to put it out there as our spotlight feature of this week's KMA episode. Uh, Alec Rubin, thank you so much for taking part of your Saturday morning to make a quick stop here and be part of our feature spotlight. The Kinzuki Cigar. Check out your local retailer today and find yourself at Kinzuki. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate Thanks, it, my Alec. friend. All right. All right. We're going to have more. I think we're ready. Ball. Right after this. Hola a todos. Mi nombre es Elmer Suárez de La Flor de Copán en Honduras. My name is Ernesto Cranwinkel, and I'm from La Romana, Dominican Republic. 
Hola, mi nombre es Diana, soy de Manizales, Colombia. Buenos días, Freddy Molina desde Estelín, Nicaragua. Hola amigos, saludos a todos. María Santis, orgullosa de ser puertorriqueña. Cheers, I'm Oliver, I'm from London, England. I love H. Uman Añejo. My favorite H. Upman Dominican cigar is the H. Upman Banker. My favorite H. Upman cigar is the Herman's Batch. Favorite H. Upman is the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez. Mi cigarro favorito es H. Upman Española. I highly recommend you try the H. Upman 175th anniversary, awarded number 10 cigar of 2019. One world together with H. Upman. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. back to KMA Talk Radio, but before we get back to speaking to our guest, our Meet Your Maker guest today, Mr. Nick Perdomo, we want to tell you about one of our new advertisers, Bonner Private Wines. You ever go out to a barbecue joint, the next day you're still like digesting all that meat? You know that feeling. Here's a tip for that. Drink red, drink red wine. Not only does it taste great, but red wine actually makes you digest meat more effectively. In fact, according to some studies, it even makes red meat healthier. But not all red wines are equal. You don't want some mass market red wine full of chemicals and pesticides and whatever the hell else they put in there. Instead, you gotta check out Extreme Altitude Malbec from Argentina from our friends at Bonner Private Wines. You can check them out at kmawines.com. Extreme Altitude means that the grapes grown at around 9,000 feet free of pesticides, fed off pure snow melt from the mountains, no excess chemicals, and notes of blackberry, leather, smoke, dark cherry. Goes well with cigars. The guys over at kmawines.com and Bonner Private Wines have actually partnered and they've gotten a special shipment just recently of these wines, including one from the third highest vineyard in the entire world. The wine's called Sonal. You now get 53% off as a KMA listener. If you go there today, kmawines.com, check out Bonner Private Wines, our new partner, at KMA Talk Radio, and we are back, bringing Honest Abe back on, this Southpaw from South Philly. The GOAT. The GOAT. And we, yeah, the GOAT, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the GOAT, and of course our Meet Your Maker guest today, Mr. Nick Perdomo. I just want to mention something too, you know, we talked about how far back our relationship with the Perdomo family goes, so, you know, you saw Nick in that TGS segment there. Um, if you're out there and you're listening and you haven't gotten your party in the box for TGS, it's the greatest deal you'll ever find on the cigar net. 40 phenomenal cigars with a whole bunch of commemorative swag delivered to your door. But, you know, when I came up with this off-the-wall idea of what we wanted to do, and, you know, if you go to The Great Smoke on Facebook, you can see the broadcast studio and the effort that we're putting in this production, something that's never really been done before in the cigar industry. And I go to these manufacturers and I try to get them to understand what we're doing. Nick's always been the guy that, yeah, right away. So, I mean, Nick is one of the six featured manufacturers that we have. Um, he's making a special cigar that's not in regular production. 
did you hear me at all through all that or no? We did. We lost. Yeah, I just heard one one little one little cut out there. Yeah. So Nick Nick's one of the six featured manufacturers who's making a specific product for the Great Smoke. So anybody who bought a ticket will have ability to hopefully take advantage and grab themselves one of those things. And it's just awesome that Nick's the type of guy to work with. And, and you know, over 25 years, where I can just pick up the phone, and call him, Nick. I got this crazy idea. Do you want to be involved? And Nick's like, Yeah. And he's just it's just that easy. I mean, we've given away two cars with Nick Perdomo over the years. One was wow. the first. One was the first car, a 57 Caddy Sedan DeVille, right? That it, that was the first car. It wasn't his dad's car, but it was the first car his dad owned. So we found the same model. And then we give up a Buell pickup. And uh, it's just it just makes it so much fun and nice to be able to work with guys like that in the industry who just support you and get it right away. And it's not like a big sales pitch every time you want to do something. So thank you very much, Nick. Oh, thank you. You 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 do some incredible events. If you guys ever get a chance to go to any of the smoke in events, Abe does them the way you're supposed to do them. That's a fact. So, Nick, very recently you, you, you had a launching of I mean, it looked nicer on your shelf. You have them there, but you, you, you redid the you know, this tenth anniversary of Maduro and Sungrown. Tell us a little bit about this this the launch here. Well, this is the first first brand that we've come out in a lot of years. You know, I don't really come out with a lot of brands, but uh, I, I I thought Champagne Noir and Champagne Sungrown were great cigars, but they were a little long in the two, so I decided I was going to repackage them. This was almost three years ago, but what we ended up doing is I decided to re-blend them. And what I wanted to do was take the Maduro cigar and actually lighten it up a little bit so you can taste more of the wrapper. We have a lot of great tobacco about two hours north of us, and we grow in the Jalapa Valley, which is a very sweet and aromatic tobacco. It's kind of unique, Abe. I, you know, I have a, an old tasting panel. We have over 310 years of cigar smoking experience, and we never come to a consensus, but when we re-blended the, yeah, it's always a fight, but when we re-blended the Maduro, we actually had a consensus. Everybody loved it, which kind of startled me, and we knew it was going to be a winner. And the Sun Grown, we did the same thing, but we added just a little bit more strength, and both have been winners for the brand. It's been Cigar of the Year in a lot of the uh, periodicals. Um, the Maduro has a Sun Grown yesterday. Cigar Dojo, it was it was second, and uh, I, I'm in the the top two or three every single year so i'm proud of that it's it's been a wonderful launch for us um we were supposed to deliver the cigar in january and then we got a little bit backtracked as a package not because of the cigars so we said let's do it in march we'll have everything then COVID hit so we ended up doing it in the late summer it's been the biggest launch we've ever had since perdomo reserve champagne and the cigar is doing wonderful um we kind of got blindsided by the demand. We made a lot of cigars, and uh, we've been selling a lot of cigars, and, and the consumers and the retailers alike have been really happy with it. If you look behind me to to my left or your right, you'll see the, the blue. That's the Maduro. And then just to the right of me or to the left of you, that's the sun grown in the red box. And um, it's been highly, you know, look, I don't really advertise a lot of the magazines and stuff like that, but it's gotten a lot of high ratings and when I go on the road, the consumers really love it. So we're really happy with it. I, I want to touch base on that because kind of your business philosophy and how you do things, it's kind of your way. It's kind of always been your way and whether it works or whether other people do it that way or it's the norm, it kind of doesn't make a difference to you. I mean, I, let, let's go back all the way out to S-Chip, right? I think, I think you got a lot of um, consumers who 
saw the move or were appreciative of the move. And I don't know how much you think that affected your overall business. But when, when and we're going back, I mean, I, I, I'm getting so old now because these days feel like yesterday. And then when I say the years, it frightens me. But what was it, 12 years ago, maybe? 14? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was it was the first term of the Obama administration when they hit us with the estuary tax. Right. And every manufacturer basically increased their cost on cigars, which, you know, and the manufacturer low by the time it hits retail levels, it was almost a dollar increase probably retail across the board on cigar brands. And I, I don't I can't know if I can say this accurately, you may know better than me, but I think you were the only company that didn't raise your prices during S chip. You're accurate. That's true. Yes. And you made Not shirts. Only- and you made yeah. shirts. I mean, it was you put it out there and you made shirts. And and that was a bold move from for you at the time because that meant that year literally you took a hit. Yeah, we took a big hit. We had to grow our business by twenty one percent just to break even. And not only did we absorb the S chip tax, we took our most popular brands like Pernoma Reserve Champagne, Habano, and Lot Twenty Three, and we actually dropped the prices by thirteen percent on top of it. And the bean counter said, "You're out of your mind." And we ended up growing our business that year by forty seven point six percent. I think our consumers really appreciated it. Our retailers certainly did too. Times were were getting were tough during that time too. And then to have this massive price increase certainly didn't help. And I just told our people, look, market share is more important than even gross margin right now because we need to help our consumers and we need to help our retailers who are going to be struggling with these price increases and being competitive against catalogs and so on. So we did it. It worked fantastic. I didn't like losing margin, but we knew it was the right thing to do. And we grew and it was it was good. And like I had said earlier, because we have the product, we didn't have to really worry about it. And uh, we continued working during that time. We didn't rush even before the S-chip because we always had a lot of stock of finished cigars. And it was really a win-win uh, thing for me. And it was a win-win for for the consumer and the retailer. And if I had to do it all over again, I'd, I'd still do it. And now we're 12 years later. We still absorb the S-chip tax at 100%. And our Perdomo Reserve champagne prices are equivalent to what they were in 2000, you know, 2013. And we're in 2021 now. So I think the company has done the right thing. In 29 years, and you've been in business for 25, uh, Abe, you know that the last 25 years, you normally get 25 price increases. Um, we've only increased our prices 12 times in 29 years, even during the boom where people were pricing, given quarterly price increases. I just, my dad always said it's better to make a quick nickel and a slow dime and your consumers will appreciate it and small margins guarantee you're going to be in business. And I've always believed in that. And I think that's why a lot of people really not only enjoy our products, but enjoy our business philosophy because it really helps everyone. Uh, I, I got to say that was at the time that was really a, an unbelievable and a bold move, and uh, I believe it amazed. I think it, it brought you to the attention because if you're a cigar guy out there and you're buying cigars, all of a sudden your box price just went up twenty five dollars, you know. And and you know, I remember when S chip happened, we all kind of got blindsided in the industry because we all thought it was a typo at first. We all thought that it was a ten cent increase, and then. We didn't believe it was uh, up to $10, and everybody kind of the last ninth hour, 10th hour, just running around trying to figure out how to fight this, and consumers really didn't see it coming, and then all of a sudden it happened, and um, 
you know, I think you got a lot of attention for consumers who said, what do you mean? This guy didn't raise his prices. And then I think you got a lot of people try your brand for the first time and found out, you know, the quality of the cigars that your company has been making. So I think it worked phenomenally for you. You know, another thing which you are kind of, you know, beat your own drum to is um, unless things have changed, uh, you mentioned earlier, you really don't advertise much in magazines, one of them being the biggest one. So I think this time of year is like when everybody's wondering where they're going to be at, you, you're not even paying attention. And and then that's something that really is is like, you know, people will tell you, oh, you can't get anywhere in this industry without advertising in certain magazines. And you seem to have built one of the most incredible companies without advertising in magazines. What do you, how do you, explain that well we beat we beat the shoe leather we go directly to our consumers they're the best raters in the industry i don't need four or five guys in a cigar magazine tell me what a cigar tastes like our consumers will tell us and our retailers will tell us whether they enjoy the cigars or not and i think the face-to-face that we have consistently with our consumer base and our retailer base is what's built our our brands i have nothing against the magazines but uh look you're not journalistically responsible if you don't mention us we're one of the largest cigar manufacturers in the world um i have respect for all of them um i just think my cigar of the year is when i walk into a store and jimmy says i love this cigar well to him that's the cigar of the year for him and that's to me that's the most important thing um it just you know i just i just like to go directly to the consumer and the retailer the retailer is the one who really pushes and promotes the product and has built my business and the consumer trusts the retailer more than any magazine and, or any periodical and smoking subjective. You know, I was in Chicago last year. I was at the Erie. I don't know if you, you know where that is, Abe, but that's a, a steakhouse where they actually have their own cattle and they're famous for their bone and ribeyes. So I was, I, I, yeah, I was with three retailers and, and the, uh, the waiter said, Hey, we have a special today. And I said, what's that? And they said, liver and onions. Well, I'd rather eat my own arm than eat liver and onions, but everybody ordered liver and onions except me. I had to smell really? through that. So, uh, you know, I, it taught me something that, you know, taste is subjective. So we always try to blend things really in the eye of the consumer, what the retailer is requesting us. And most of our input that we get is from you and the consumer. And I think that's what has separated us. And the reason that we really don't advertise and we continue growing is because we go directly to the consumer and directly to the retailer. And they're, they're our army. They're the ones who really push our products and, and, I don't need to be thankful to any periodical. I need to be thankful to our consumers around the world, our distributors and our retailers who promote our products and sell it for us together with our great sales team. And I think that those four things are the most influential and the most important things to grow our company. And it's worked great for us. We've been able to use those monies to invest together with our retailers and consumers, whether it be events or promotional things or or just growing more and more great tobacco and, and trying to produce the best product. My dad always said quality brings quantity. Now I think that has been our secret of, of the quality of our products. You know, we draw test, you know, 73,000 cigars a day. We can draw test up to 19 cigars per second. Um, we, it's, it's a lot of technology. We've invested a lot of money in the quality issues that we, we think is paramount to make our cigars great. And we've tried to keep our prices really sharp and i think it's it's been a big game for us and a big game for our retailers that's really our secret yeah i, I gotta say I'm, I'm really impressed um even even when nick gives a number or a statistic 
<laughs> the death, to, the death, to the decimal point. And it, and it just goes to show, you know, how he, you know, he's not just a name on a brand that's aloof of what is company. And it translates through the whole, you know, the attention to detail in the health of the company down to the decimal point, the attention to detail in, in the box and the display and the way the cigar looks. Um, it, it just is a testament to, you know, why you rise above and, you know, kudos to you, man. Thank you, man. They look, you guys are the ones who are important. You know, I was just in a retail store in Texas, and the owner said, you never come to me. You always go to the clerks and the managers. And I said, well, with all due respect, I, I respect you. You write the checks, but you're never in the store, and you're never, ever in the store. And those are the guys who push my product, so it's important to me. I was just up in, in New Hampshire last year, and I, I was working, you know, from Monday to Saturday. And a Tuesday night, I didn't have anything to do. So I decided to call my sales rep and invite uh, retailers from different areas to come and have dinner with me. And it wasn't about shop talk or anything like that. I just wanted to thank them all for all the years of them selling our products. And I think it was influential. We ended up going back to a retail store that night, smoking cigars. And of course, it always goes back to shop. We did a big Q&A between the, the retailers and the store clerks together with, with me and, and my salesman. And I just find it so important. To me, the most important aspect, of course, is the retailer and the consumer. I mean, you guys are the ones who put food on our table. It's not running an ad and, and something like that. And when we do run ads, we, we run them in, in things we really believe in. So, you know, we advertise on smoke. We advertise on KMA because you go directly to the consumer. It's it's just honest advertising, and, and that's what I like. So, you know, in the digital world, I think stuff like you guys do and some of the other guys do, I think that's where we're getting our most bang for our buck. Um, with with people knowing us, and people know us because we're we're literally in retail stores every single day of the week, except on Sundays. So our consumers get to know us. There's no pictures of me in any magazine, but anywhere I walk, people seem to to know who I am. So I think that's the the attribute of our great sales team that travel around and and myself. I love it. I try to visit at least 200 stores a year. It's very tough, but I do it. Um, this year, my travel, of course, was cut back, but I still went out and visited about, I think I visited 131 stores this year and worked through it. So it, it, it worked out great. All our events have been fantastic. People are looking to go out and they're looking to mix it up and buy cigars. I mean, you can't fit a crouton in some of these stores and it's it's worked out great for us. Yeah, just, just going back to um, what you were talking about inventory. I, obviously, we have a standard of inventory uh, in our stores, but... Um, Perdomo was one of those brands in particular back when I was still doing store orders. Um, I would do my orders with customers in mind. You know, Dave's going to come get his two boxes this week. John's going to come get his box of Perdomo. Tom's going to come get his two boxes. And uh, it's just it's one of those brands where, you know, guys were going to come and get their boxes of Perdomo. Make sure I have them for these guys. Well, we're, we're glad we can deliver them. We normally if you place an order on a Tuesday, no matter what the size of the order is in the state of Florida, you get it on Wednesday and you need your cigars. That's why you, you ask for them and, and, and you request them and we have to give them out to you as quick as possible. And we have the inventory to do it. I think what you've done, Nick, is kind of how we've been successful, too. Because um, when, when I say you don't advertise in magazines, I, I don't want to give the impression that you guys don't spend money on advertising. You do. I think you just found a way that you felt it benefits you better, right? And that you, you know, you're still spending that money, but in ways that would benefit your company better, that you, feel you connect with your consumer base better. And I think part of what you've done with your company, what we've done with our company is, you know, we, we're trying to build a culture around our companies, not just the product, right? So I, I we have that 
base in our shop that are just Perdomo culture people, right? And we we know that and we understand that and we we cater to that. And you know, it's one of the things that we've done in our company. And um, you know, I know I know you've joined, and if you're out there watching, you haven't joined. You know, Smoking has its own Facebook private group called the Smoking Social Page, where we have snippets of history. I think I just put up a picture um, of our first great smoke in 2007. There was a picture of Nick there at our first great smoke in 2007. We just put it up and we put little background notes, behind the scene facts. So, you know, it's kind of like our little culture. So if you're out there and you're not part of our group, uh, join us at the uh, smoke in uh, social on Facebook. Uh, it's, it's a different kind of group. It's more of a community, which I think is a testament to what you've done with your company and building a community of Perdomo fans across the world. Yeah, we have, a, we have a, yeah, we, we have a, we, our, our consumers are very loyal. Many years ago, I met Gene Simmons of Kiss and we were talking about loyalty of, of his brand, for example. And he came out with a thing called the Kiss Army. He said, you should have a, a Perdomo army. Um, I said, yeah, we just have a, <laughs> a, a very loyal clientele. And um, we came out with this Perdomo army about five years ago. And, uh, you know, we have shirts, ball caps, hoodies, all kinds of stuff. And a competitor of mine did a, a study, a big company, and, and said that Perdomo was the most, when they were asking, you know, what brands do you smoke? People were given all kinds of different brands. And they said, what's the brand you're most loyal to? And I think we came out almost... 73% people said, if I have to go back to something, um, it's Perdomo. And I think that we're, we're liked and more importantly, we're respected for our brands. And we're just so appreciative of our retailers and consumers for that. And we really do. We just have a very loyal following, just like you guys do. And it's, it's special. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was going to ask about the Perdomo army and and the relation to the Kiss Army. That's a that's a pretty well, cool story. Rough job because he doesn't he doesn't have, he doesn't have, doesn't feel like he's part of the Perdomo Army. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I can get in the Perdomo. Ar I okay. I actually I told Nick I have a champagne in my I had two of them here and I gave one to my dad this past week when they were here because they watched the kids for a couple days because they're back in Florida and my that's dad smoked it and loved. You give your dad a cigar for watching the kids. That's how you pay off your dad. Well, I'm supposed to pay him. He's his his whole life was to be, his dream was to become a grandfather. So I made that dream happen for him. Look, <laughs> that's special. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that too. <laughs> that my Nick, my dad, my dad said he was a he was a pretty successful businessman, became a, a corporate VP and blah blah blah. He said to me when I had my first child, he said. It's all great. Like I loved doing what I did. I really enjoyed it. He still works a little bit from here to there as a consultant. But he said my my whole reason for being, the reason why I became successful, the reason why I did it all was for family. I wanted to be a grandfather. I wanted to have grandchildren. And I was like, well, geez, if I had known that, I probably would have gotten started a lot sooner and had a lot more so you could just watch them for me. <laughs> hey, my, my my mom and dad said if they knew how much fun grandchildren were, they would have skipped us. It's special. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 I'm, I'm waiting for that, too. You know, Nicholas is married two years. Him and his, his wife, Lauren, are talking about having children. My oh, daughter, Natalie. Yeah, my daughter, Natalie, is she's been married almost uh, a little over a, a year and. Her and her husband are looking to have children too. My my daughter's in her last semester at the University of Miami. She's in law school, and she's already talking to firms and saying, "Look, I'm you're not going to grind me. I want to have children." And and a lot of the firms are are, are open to that. And uh, she she told me a couple nights ago, "Dad, I'm we're looking to have children." So uh, 
maybe Janine and I will be grandparents here soon. We're uh, we're hoping. I'm, I'm looking forward oh, to it. You, know, you can always spoil them and give them back. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, that's what my I, dad. My dad loves it. He talks about it all the time. He's like, we, he said back in the day when I had three kids. He's like, you you got you get to a point where you're like, oh my god, I can't do this anymore. I can't believe. He's like, now I just give him to you. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, and I and I I love kids. So uh, I have I have a lot of patience for children, especially. I don't have patience for some other things, but for kids, I have a lot of patience for. <laughs> you know, that's the truth. I, I tell you, I I remember seeing them like beanie. I mean, this is when I really start to get like, God, do we get old? I remember seeing your children when they were just like, you know, beanie boppers, and now they're married and getting ready to start their own families. I mean, where did the time go for us, Nick? Just I got pictures. Life. I got yeah, you're right. I got pictures of Nicholas and a walker at the factory on Flagler Street. You know what I mean? It's uh, oh my God. it's crazy. Time does fly, man. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I have to ask you because this is you know I, look, I always find it amazing because there's a couple people who do it very very well. Jeff from Corona is another one. How is it working with your wife every day? Because you know, you know that is a great question. Oh God, let me, you know, we had a thing at our tenth anniversary where um, we had gotten short staffed. Two roommates who both were working for me on their own decided to move out of the state of Florida. Didn't even tell each other. They both told me before they told each other. I mean, I thought it was a practical joke. One guy came in and said, "Yeah, I'm moving to so and so." I'm like, "Oh," and then the, his roommate comes in and says, "Well, I'm moving there." I said. Oh, they get together. They're like, "What?" And I, I'm the one who broke the news for them that each other were moving. So we got we got shorted two guys like in 30 days, which at that time was like 50 percent of my staff. And um, my wife left her hair salon job as a colorist, and actually worked for about three or four months for us until we were able to find some quality staff. And um, that was an interesting time, to say the least. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's... <laughs> You know, a lot of people say it's really hard. I've been blessed. I've worked with my family since since our inception. Um, Janine does a great job. We've been married for 31 years. Um, but I will tell you that, that she works on the southeast side of the building, and I work behind here. I work on the northeast side of the building. So uh, <laughs> we love each other dearly, but we don't really see much of each other at work. Only she'll call me and say, hey, you want to have some lunch? And we'll have we'll have lunch together. But you know, we're so busy because she's doing what she's doing. I'm doing what I'm doing. One of the great things is a lot of times we ride in together. And when we're going home, we, we talk about, hey, how was your day? And I talk about how was that my day? And we're only 55 feet apart from each other, but we really don't <laughs> we really don't see each other. And the important thing when you work with mom is you got to come in and say, good morning, mom, or she gets pissed off at me. But outside of that, it's pretty <laughs> simple. My, my My brother, Billy, you know, he's He's like a metronome. He's 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 about as easy going as as it as it goes. We're we're complete opposites. You know, I'm I like fast cars and all that stuff. Billy likes the white picket fence and he drives on the right side of the highway. I drive on the left side like a like a crazy man, but we get along great. <laughs> and in reality, you know, most of our workers have been with us for so many years. Uh, Arthur just completed his 20th anniversary and the average worker has been with my company for 19.9 years on average um so we've we've had a lot of loyalty and would able to tell you when you can keep a consistent team and everybody's loyal to each other you're going to have a much better much better company you're going to have a much better product and i've been yeah, blessed they care, with, they care. Yeah, 
They do. Our workforce has been phenomenal. It's the greatest asset of my company. I, I know a lot of people out there told me to be careful. I just said it was interesting working with my wife. I didn't say anything uh, negative. So, um, but but you know, to, to her testament, I'm going to tell you something. You know, anytime we've been in need, you know, my my wife COVID during COVID was going nuts. You know, being home with the kids, whatever she wanted to do, something she didn't know what to do, and you know, one of our graphic designers um, did all our product photography, and you know, he he he. he if I had to guess, he spent 30, 40% of his week just shooting products, which that's not really what he does. He's a layout graphic guy. And my wife just wanted to do something. And she mentioned, like, I think I'm going to study photography. I'm like, really? And um, she, ended up, uh, she ended up taking, uh, and we started talking, she ended up taking a four-day Photoshop course. We had a art institute send a photographer over her, gave her and our graphic guy some phenomenal photography classes. And for the past, what, Alex, six months maybe? Yeah. My wife's been the product photographer for our company. So any of the new products you see or anything, my wife has become a pro. And she has her own little setup. And when we build the warehouse, she'll have her own little studio. So she doesn't have to set up as she does now every day. But, yes, my wife's been doing all the product photography. So I didn't know that. Well, yeah, listen, I, knew that I, I, I do this every day as well. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> You, you don't. It's funny. Me, you do actually. It's funny. Maybe, a few maybe. times that I came in, she uh, she said to me, "I was like, oh, you're, you're hanging out here." I was like, "You want to have a drink?" She's like, yeah. "I'm working, baby." I was like, "All right, <laughs> sorry, I didn't know. I, I had no clue." So that's what she's doing. I didn't know what she was doing. Okay. She does product photography. Yeah, and she does a really good job of it. I'm very proud of her. She she learned two skill sets that she really didn't have before, on the fly, and you know. I, I look at our site. We got some good-looking pictures, so she's doing oh, yeah. a great job for us. Yeah. Hey, maybe maybe we'll give her a call. We're always looking for stuff like that. You know, I, I have an old saying: you do business with people that do business with you. And uh, we we love your wife anyway, so that that that'd be probably a good thing for us. So yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool uh, working working with her now, and and we do the same thing. You know, she works on one side of the building, I work on the other, and then hey, you want to have lunch? And sometimes we'll order lunch. We have lunch together, and then we go back to our own corners. So. It kind of Nick, worked out. How well. long? How your wife? You married your wife when the company was had already started, correct? Or yeah, no, we were, were already we were already yeah we were already married and um, we were married for two years prior to that. Okay. And uh, I started the company when she was pregnant with my son Nicholas. So right. uh, you know, uh, but yeah, she's been a total asset to the company as my mother and my brother and. My son has done a phenomenal job with the company also, and, and really our, our entire workforce. You know, Arthur Kemper's my right-hand man, and like I said, he's been with me for 20 years, and he does a great job. He had a lot of retail experience prior to coming to the company, so he gets he gets it all, and he's also an outstanding salesman and just a, a great guy. He's been, he's been, he's, he's the guy kind of like, I call him John F. Kennedy in a good way in the sense that it's not, what can my company do for me? He always... He always has the mindset of what can I do for my company? And as an owner of a company, you have to respect that so much. And uh, I love the guy. And, and really, most of my workers are just line extensions of our family. And Abe will tell you, you know, no matter how we come across, we you fall in love with your with your with your employees because they're special. They have families. They have problems. You 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 deal with them. You deal with death. You deal with all kinds of stuff. So it's not so easy uh, being a business owner. I'm sure Abe can tell you the same exact thing. 
No, it's not. It's it's literally, you know, you have an extended family of you know, how many number of employees you have. And I think the guys who run their business as well, that's the mentality they have about that. And, you know, talking about Arthur, you know, I've known Arthur now since I've met you. I mean, Arthur's a guy who's really worked his way up over the decades through the company. You know, he just didn't come on and was vice president of operations. No, he was a phone guy. And I just saw something, Miniman. That's what we do. His presence, the company. We see certain people, and I got to a point where you know Sonatrol would call me up at ten o'clock at night. It wasn't him, and they'd say, "There's a guy working on a desk station in, in the company." And I look at the camera, and it was him. And I remember one day I said, "Look, if you stay next to my hip, I'll teach you everything, and you're going to move up in this company." And today he's he's right there next to him, and he does just an incredible job for the company. I can always count on him. No, and I can't. Is never a word I've ever heard from his lips, and it makes it special. But I have a lot of great guys also on the team that are just fantastic. That's awesome. That's a so really cool I, story. I did not know that. Yeah, that's a yeah, really yeah. cool story. Yeah, he was a he was a he was a phone operator. He worked for Keith Rumbo over at Club Humidor. He did a phenomenal job for them, and they couldn't begrudge him. He was trying to better his life. He had just gotten married, and uh, he's done extremely well in the cigar industry. And he's just very passionate about it. And he's just like me. He just he really thinks about our consumers and our retailers daily, and it it makes it special, you know. And that's what we love in in our in our in our industry and in, in our business. Yeah. By the way, Nick, I. Before I forget, I know you're a big Alabama guy. Congratulations. Another big Thank win. You. Thank you. Thank you. Roll Tide. Yeah, that was that was a great win. I'm also a University of Miami fan, too. You know, it's I'm kind of split because my daughter went to Alabama. My son went to Miami. Now my daughter's at Miami in law school. So I, I have a love for both. I mean, growing up here, I was always a, a Canes fan. Now the first game of the year, it's Alabama-Miami. It's like, you know, it's... Uh, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a tough one because Alabama's been winning so much for so many years that right. you kind of gravitate to them. But I I love both schools and they're both wonderful institutions. So if your kids right. ever want to go to Alabama, just give me a call. You're not you're not rooting for one team over the other. Uh, this is a tough one, Abe. I've been thinking about this a lot at night. So I'm 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 just gonna I'm just gonna let the time go. We'll figure out what we're gonna do there. You know. You may give it away while you're watching the game. Oh. <laughs> maybe yeah yeah maybe yeah yeah so we got coop on is coop in the wings yeah coop is in the wings do we want to guess coop where on. he might be today uh coop i'm gonna say the library. wherever he was last week because he sounded perfect so let's just hope he <laughs> where he was last week he's probably gonna be where he was last week which is the studio is a garage studio i think it was that's not where he was last week last week he was in the dining room was it the dining room? Yes. yes well, it, yeah, be it could be the library. Let's see. A lot of people are. <laughs> oh, great, Alan Rubin. Thank you. Uh, the other Alan Rubin said he's in the bathroom. Fake Alan Rubin. Ladies and gentlemen, let's see. Let's see where Coop is. He is. Coop. The Perdomo Studios. Where else? I mean, quite back. obviously, he'd be in the Perdomo <laughs> this Studios. This would have been an easy guess today. Yeah. Are, are we getting Coop in volume? Are you hearing him all right? Can you hear me okay? Oh, there you go. Yeah, we, I can Much hear him. Better. Okay, got a little more gain there. Yeah. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Coop. How are you, my friend? Happy New Year. We haven't talked since the uh, holidays. So happy New Year. I know. Happy New Year to you, yeah. man. Yeah, it's great. Abe, can I can I start off with something interesting that I saw this morning? Uh -oh. No, this is really good news. So, is it good why you're wearing a sports jacket? Or? No, it's freezing in here, actually. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I had to turn. It takes a while for the heat to come on in here. So, Abe, you, know, you have those Facebook memories that come up, and this morning a memory came up for the old bloggers' corner, wow. and. It was my first appearance on KMA was nine years ago today. Wow. That's on the KMA memories? It was on my Facebook page. It oh, came up. Share it. Share it to KMA. I will. I'll definitely share it, yeah. But uh, it was nine years ago today. And, I again, thank you very much for the opportunity because that was – I was only a year and a half into doing this. And to get that opportunity to come on Bloggers Corner, it, it meant a lot. And, um, you know, thank you. You know, I oh, love this cool. fact. I love the fact that we have been able to build relationships with these guys early in their career, whether it's Coop, whether it's Sensei, whether it's Brian Glenn, whether it's even Kevin Shahan now. I mean, and look at us nine, ten years later where we're at. Coop's a contributor to a show we have. I mean, I, think it's, I love that. That's what I love about this industry. So, uh, And that was a funny segment because... Early on, we always believed in what the media and the cigar bloggers were doing, right? And we just wanted to incorporate them in the show. So we'd have these different bloggers. There was no videos back then. It was just all audio. And, oh, my God, some of these guys couldn't talk over the audio. It was, it was a catastrophic segment where we realized that of everybody we were dealing with, only three or four guys could actually do it. <laughs> some of them are just keyboard guys and not speakers. Some of them are good at typing and writing and not talking. So... Uh, that segment didn't last too long as part of KMA Talk Radio. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I was nervous because I knew at the time you was you were struggling with it. You were you were already pretty you were making those comments. I'm like, yeah, I'm coming on here. I could be the next one in line to fall down. So uh, <laughs> I'm like I said, I'm very grateful. I don't take it for granted. Um, and, and thank you very much for that. All right, stuff. Good. What's the scoop, Coop? Well, okay, so we got we got some news this week. Um, I think one story that I think was kind of interesting was the whole story out of General Cigar. And General Cigar announced they're forming a spinoff called Ford Cigar Company. They're moving several of their brands uh, from the main general portfolio into this Ford uh, Cigar Company portfolio. And they're forming their own sales force to now sell those brands and with the intent of potentially distributing third-party brands right now. So that kind of was a story that kind of got a lot of headlines this week for sure. There was a lot of rumors on the street about this story, about buyouts, who was getting bought out. Yeah. Um, they hired, I think they, they put ad, they were looking for 20 people in the Fort Lauderdale area. I don't know if this is a move to long-term, I mean, I hope not, I mean, you just don't know, but to separate the premium cigar division from their mass market division and, and whatnot. Um, I don't know if this is a move to try to build a more brick and mortar. But I mean, it's, it's a strange move. I mean, maybe even Nick has a better take on it. Uh, it's an odd move after 25 years in this industry. It's not sure exactly what's going on. Have you heard anything else, Coop, or anything about that move? Um, what It's interesting because General's kind of always been enamored with this concept of having like another specialty sales team in in business in companies that deal with different brands it's not unusual to have sales reps represent specialty brands that's not a, like i deal with that in my day job so there's a sales rep for brand a sales rep for brand b what i think is a little different about this is it is the cigar industry so it's it's a smaller thing you're gonna have two sales reps essentially calling on the same customer right now and not have one face 
At least that's how it's looking like on the surface. It could be I could be wrong like that, and that's that's not a good thing if you're gonna have that. And I've I've seen this with a, I've seen this happen. With, with Ventura tried to do this a couple of years ago. It didn't work out well because retailers didn't like dealing with two faces. So now I'm kind of just wondering what this is going to mean and how they – I think it's going to come down to how they execute on it, more or less. It would be interesting to see how it falls out. Yeah, um, I think it's definitely worth watching I, for sure. Because the general did try this a couple years ago with the Foundry piece, and, and uh, it, it, it didn't really work out at the time. But they are investing – I thought it was interesting that they're investing money in salespeople right now. Um, boots on the ground people as opposed to people working on Zoom, you know. And Nick was talking about that point earlier. I think it's extremely important. Now, I know I'm dealing with this on my day job. I need to be face-to-face -face with people right now. If you're in sales, you need to be face-to-face. -face. Zoom can only do so much. So I think it's a very interesting move that they're investing that way. It's going to come down to how to execute on it right now. I, I disagree with you, Coop. You I and I are in similar businesses. You're, we're in kind of similar businesses. I, the, the amount of times... I, the amount of times that I speak to an actual client of mine that's a long-term client, like face-to-face, -face, but maybe it's maybe it's different, but I, I don't travel to meet people in, in our industry, in the media buying industry. Paul doesn't travel to uh, meet us. very rare. <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't even go there. <laughs> Paul, the, the, the biggest thing I've missed in the last year is being able to go to a customer and walk the halls and get introduced to someone. Just walk the halls and have a conversation like that. And... You were talking about it earlier, how you know basically people are on Zoom and they have to be watched. And then you know, and you were talking about I think it was Abe or um, Alex how getting something done you had to send an email and wait wait fifteen twenty minutes as opposed to walking to someone's desk. Those little things they just start to add up is what I've seen. And I can't I can see the cigar industry being very similar in a lot of ways because this is such a face to face people to people industry. I, I agree with that. I, I yeah. think that in the cigar industry is is unique in that in that space for sure. But if I, I don't know your some, day job too well. Go ahead. If I could say yeah, if I could say some, I, I agree with Coop. You know, most most of the cigar stores are owner operated. A lot of mom and pop family type businesses. So you, you really want to be face to face with them because you build relationships with these guys. You can imagine I've been selling cigars to Abe for 25 years. I couldn't imagine looking at him in a computer and trying to sell him something new and showing him by video. I want, he needs to look, touch and feel the product. And I think it's important to face to face. And if I could say something, I'm, I just want to say one big shout out to my friend, Kurt in Norway, who's a big Perdomo fan. I just want to say, Kurt, thank you. He, he listens. And I know he's on the he's on the show right now, so I want yeah. to say so. Everybody say hi, Kurt from Norway. Hey, Kurt. We we shouted out Kurt in the beginning of the show because we were complaining how cold it was here, and then he said uh, <laughs> hi from Norway. <laughs> he's a good man. He's a good man. But I I think the face to face and being able to see your consumer. You know, a lot of times I'll sit in cigar lounges and I'll talk to guys and I'll say, well, what do you guys like sizes? You know, one of the things was the 6x60. In 1999, I came out with a 6x60. That was the biggest cigar at, at the time. I had made a brand called Immensa. There were 70s in the mid-90s. And uh, a lot of guys were saying, you know, we really like something in a 60 ring gauge format. I thought, you know, it would last a little while. I have 62 pairs of rollers that are making 6x60s in 2021. I never thought that it would be so big. But Gordos and Super Toros, they're they're, they're a big segment of the cigar industry. And I would never have been able to do that if I didn't sit around talking to consumers and retailers face-to-face. -face. I think we're going to lose. We're going to have a disconnect 
in the cigar industry, if we keep chopping salesmen and trying mm -hmm. to do things on Zoom, we're doing, you know, someone said you, when, when people zig, Nick, you always zag. I don't know if that would be totally true, but I just think the face-to-face -face is important. And I, I couldn't imagine not seeing you guys at the stores or my brother Billy not seeing you at stores or any of our salesmen for that matter and doing it on a, on a teleconference unless you positively had to. I, I just think the face-to-face -face is so important. You know, no, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, and you another point I think that adds on to that, Abe, you mentioned this. You were talking about Nick and the product placement thing earlier. Very powerful story to see that live. I mean, we were on Nick's factory tour last year, and the factory tour wrapped up with that product placement uh, and merchandising uh, demonstration. You see that in person. You see that face-to-face. -face, it's a very powerful story. You know, I don't know Zoom. Nick looks great on the camera right now but in person it's it's that much more of a powerful it's like three-dimensional comes out when, when you're in person yeah yeah it does look great yeah. go on to your next scoop group i want to ask nick because this had come up during covid and now that i got nick on he just mentioned it reminded me is there is it true that you may have the only predicate brand of a cigar that's bigger than a 60 ring gauge I do have it, and uh, I'll I'll let it be known. You guys will be the first in TMA. That brand will be coming out in May because there's a segment of the market that's looking for cigars like that, and we're bringing back out the Perdomo Immenso, but it's going to be a box-friendly uh, uh, where you can put it on the shelves or you can put it with your bigger ring-gauge cigars. Um, we're going to have three sizes and two wrappers, a Sun Grown and a Maduro, and we didn't water down this cigar because it's big. We blended it it's, it's an outstanding cigar for guys that are liking bigger cigars and there is a segment for that so you guys get the first scoop that'll be our that'll be our newest brand um we made we made the cigars in october and november of last year and we're going to just to, to put them out in may we have rydag in, in holland who's doing the packaging it's going to be a beautiful presentation it's going to be a wonderful cigar it's not a gag and we're bringing it on because again because of face to face I ask retailers, what do you need? And they ask for these types of cigars, and they keep asking for them. And if they ask, they shall receive. you got to, you got to give them what the consumer wants, and we'll, we'll have the new Immenso out in May. I just want to clarify that totally was not planned. I didn't mean to <laughs> I didn't mean to outscoop the coop. No, no, and and I was going to tell Coop that, too. But now I got Arthur who's pissed at me now, but. I figured what the hell I'm <laughs> Coop's, Coop's writing the article right now. <laughs> no, I've been through. I've been. I know. I asked Nick about the Immenso a few times because it was a great cigar. I'm, I'm really happy to see that uh, coming back. So that's great. But I think that's the only cigar that's bigger than a 60 year age that falls prior to the predicate date. So I think that's a kind of a cool little tidbit because I can't think of any other ones. Now I started that in 1995. That that cigar and I made it really good it was just big and it's expensive for us to make because it takes so much filler it takes almost 88 pounds of filler to make a thousand cigars a robusto takes 30 so if you want to oh, juxtapose wow. both those so but, but you can't charge that much so um it's going to be a cigar it's going to retail between uh seven dollars and 75 cents to nine dollars which i think is going to be the best in the industry and it's going to be a wonderful cigar and we're excited if, about it um consumers want it if my memory is correct, wasn't part of the marketing or advertising this roller lady? Yeah. Hold on. Yes. <laughs> Do you see this? 
Oh wow! Hold that on, was get it. that was actually used in the advertising. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was a that was a, a woman named Hilda who worked at the Partagas factory with my grandfather, and she would always and believe it or not, she was actually good looking when she was younger. She's age hasn't treated her well, but um, <laughs> she would have these big cigars, and I used to have an ad, and it said. I only allow my cigar rollers to smoke one cigar a day. I think they're taking advantage of me. Smoke Mensa. That was the ad. Uh, but we're, we're going to change around. The packaging is going to be really beautiful. It's not going to be her on there. But um, it's really a good cigar. We've, we've, we've had a lot of testing on it. We've had a lot of people, you know, a lot of our salesmen and some of my friends smoke it who like those types of cigars. Not particularly do I like them that big, but. A lot of people do, and you got to give the consumer what they want. And a lot of retailers have been telling me it's it's a big seller for us, so we're going to get in the segment. Awesome. What else you got going on, Coop? Um, we have there's a new Firecracker cigar coming out. Um, Nick was a part of the Firecracker series last year with the Perdomo Firecracker. Uh, this year it's going to be um, Nick Malillo, uh, Wise Man Maduro is going to be the Firecracker. Um, those used to be in it. Those those were primarily an exclusive of two guys, but in the last uh, year or so, they've taken it national through United Cigars. So now you can start to find these cigars in other parts of the country right now. Uh, in fact, I was able to get, grab a box of Perdomo Firecrackers um, from Jeff this year. Um, so you know you can you can get them, which is good. It makes it more more accessible nationally. But that should be coming out um, around the June time frame right now. And it's going to be the first Wise Man Maduro that's going to be in a rounded format in that short three and a half by fifty inch Vitola. All right. Anything else going on? Uh, J.C. Newman has announced a new value line, the Havana Q. It's going to kind of be a, a, a value priced offering similar to the Quorums right now, which sell pretty good. Havana Seed Wrapper that's starting to make its way out to stores right now. So that's um, going to be another bundle cigar. Another bundle cigar. Yeah. I mean, interesting. I, yeah, I know. I know the Corum brand sells well for them. Um, just from when my son used to work retail, he, he used to move a lot of those. So it'll be interesting Corum, to see what Havana Q does. Corum has always been a major selling bundle. I just, uh, I just, you know, why build a brand on a bundle? Why not just make it a Corum, whatever the seed is or whatever? It's just, yeah, it's, it's I understand that too. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. Um, and then the other news: uh, AJ Fernandez Cigars has announced an extension to their New World line. It's going to be a 7x55 double Corona size for their line. Okay, that's an interesting number. Yeah. Yeah, all, so, most of the cigars in that line are 55, except box press, except they do have a 60 as well. But all the other Vitolas are all 55 rings that they've done with that. All right, cool. Anything else you got going on? Is that something uh, the week? That's, that's pretty much it this week. Um, so, you know... Uh, See what happens. You know, we're getting into January right now. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more news happening. We just had some news break here, so that's great news. Um, and we'll see what goes what goes forward. What do you got coming on the show this week? Anything? We have a big guest this week. Um, we have uh, Honest Abe. Uh, <laughs> going to be the. Uh, so he's gonna... setting himself up for that. You see that? Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm real excited about this show uh, because it's gonna we're gonna have Abe on. We're going to be doing what, what I call Great Smoke pregame, which we're really going to get into the Great Smoke with Abe. Uh, I know he's talked a lot about this virtual event. I'm going to try to kind of see what we could do. Is you know, I think there's a lot more we could still talk about. There's a lot of history behind the Great Smoke. I've heard Abe do a lot of shows, but I think there's a lot of history with this event over the years that I've followed it. That uh, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to do that. I'm sure Abe will be getting into some industry talk on that show as well. 
So uh, that will be Thursday night. Um, and looking forward to that a lot. Yep, me too, pal. Always yep. a pleasure. Always, always a pleasure to be on your show, buddy. Always. No, I no, appreciate it as well. Um, so, um, you know, thanks for thanks for coming on as well. Thanks for including us. You know, I know you you got a lot going on with this uh, with with the big event coming up next month. Crunch time, baby. Crunch time. We love it. I'm so, I'm gonna uh, sit down. I may go to the shop and watch that. Dude, so, I'm putting you to work. <laughs> you I need to. Call? I need to get out of this house. I'm, I'm going. Dude, I'm going crazy I, right now. I mean, I have. Uh, I've been homebound a lot right now, and I, I need to get out too. It's. 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 it's Cooper, really are your kids up. home, or are they back at school? There, I have um, two living at home right now. One, one goes to school from here, so um, okay. he's in, he's in, he's a freshman in college locally here. So, um, so it's they're all old. it's different. My kids are older, and they do their own yeah. thing, you know. So. You know, it's it's right, not cool. like they're um, it's not like they're driving me crazy. Like you guys have the small kids, which is wonderful. Uh, I miss that, but but this ain't bad either right now. <laughs> I can't yeah. wait. You know, honestly, for the most part, our kids really kind of kept us entertained. You know, they do variety oh, shows. Very true. Very true. Yeah, I mean, they, they do their own comedy skits, their own variety shows. They play music. I mean, yeah, but not when they're two years old. I I got a two year old and a ten month old, so I gotta I gotta wait another year or so. I'm trying to teach them piano now. I'm trying to teach them to read music as they learn their alphabet because I think that that's going to help them become better musicians when they get older. Because the hardest part for me when I started learning to read music, I, I learned treble clef pretty easily, but learning bass clef, like I, I couldn't do the correlation and the trans and the transposing in my head. So I want them to learn as they learn their alphabet. Paul just lost all of us. He just lost all of us. Oh, sorry. sorry. You just lost everybody, Paul. Everybody. Listen, in another year, Alex will be as tall as you. You won't have to worry about it. <laughs> First of all, his name is Axel. His name is Axel. Did I say Alex? Sorry. Yeah, my bad. He is also probably close. <laughs> cool. Cool. Let's, let's get I, our fight talk out of the way. Yeah, I've been uh, waiting for a couple weeks. Yep. So give it to me. Give me your 2020 fight of the year. Um, I, I kind of went with this one. Uh, I had to be sure. I, I went back, watched some of the tape. Uh, Zapita Baranchek, uh, I think, has to be the fight of the year. I think Ring Magazine got it right. Okay. Okay. A little less popular of a fight. Yeah. Um, um, you know, it wasn't less, but it was a great fight. If you watch that fight, it was a great fight. But what was missing from that fight? And this is, I think there's something with these fights that aren't in front of the big crowds. There's just something, I don't know if the production just doesn't capture it right or whatever. I had a tough time with this one for that reason. Yeah, you kind of lose that whole aspect of a fight and the atmosphere of a fight with these. You know, it's almost like two guys fighting in a gym with that, you know, just empty. Yeah. Uh, it's not even a rain. A lot of these things are taking place in like halls and stuff. So that's true. My my dad used to take me to the closed circuit fights in New York City for all the big fights. Uh, so you're in like a movie theater or a Paramount theater or something like that. And that had a lot of energy because you still, even though you weren't at the fight, people were all into it and everything. There's something about being in the audience. I was in the audience when Roberto Duran won the title from Davey Moore at Madison Square Garden. There's nothing like being at a fight. Uh, and then when that's captured on the TV, I think it, it, it kind of shows a lot. Yeah, so. that, that's one thing I always said, um, you know, going to a fight live and watching it on TV, they're, they're, especially with like heavy guys, there's there's nothing to replicate the sound of that thud of a yeah. guy really getting hit when you're live. Yeah. I've never seen a fight live ever. Yeah. 
I mean, Alex, we have to at some point do a boxing stream, a live stream or something. I mean, I think we, we definitely want to have a big fight. We're going to have to do this, I think. I'm okay. I need to say this now. All right. So it seems like we do a commandeered the end of our show every week to talk about boxing. <laughs> you know, starting their own segment. You know, so did Paul, next week I want a little graphic made, you know, where it's like a little boxing bell. You know, it's game. And I'm going to give them 90 seconds. They got 45 seconds each to get their boxing. Oh, it's all the way. I'm in. I'm in. And the segment's done. As long as I don't yeah. have to be punched the producer and be the producer, I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of like their own thing. We've never discussed it. We've never had it. We just hijacked the show. <laughs> Take over the show at the end of the show. So if we're going to do this, let's do this right. Let's make a little segment. Let's make a quick intro. Let's get a little timer in the corner. 90 seconds. The bell rings. The segment's done. Yeah. So... All right. So we have... Uh, well, Nick, before we go to our... Um, Insane Asylum. Coop, do you have any questions for Nick while we got you on? Because sometimes oh, yeah. you're something good that we uh, we overlook or forget during our show. Nick, you know, one thing that I think, you know, I know you were talking about ratings and you've had some great ratings this year. But are you, do you feel like it's more important to have, like, the consistency? Like, I know a lot of, there's a lot of criticism when the same cigars show up on lists every year. But that also is a good thing because it's kind of showing you as a, brand produce a manufacturer a blender that you're kind of doing something right what's your opinion on that piece well consistency is everything i just wish some of the magazines would actually rate our cigars absolutely you know, uh you know sometimes and i don't know this to be true but a lot of the consumers say well you get it's about advertising if it is that's a shame it shouldn't be it should be about being journalistically responsible yeah and um look my tasting panel i'll, I'll take over over anybody's i mean we we have over 300 years of smoking experience and i'll take our consumers and our retailers uh input much more than you know four ten guys you know tasting you know hints of mushroom and butterscotch which i've never tasted in the cigar so <laughs> yeah. you know it's you know, it's uh it, it's what you like i think that we we hit it out of the park with the with a solid tobacco core of flavor um, being able to be blessed to be able to grow tobacco in Nicaragua, which in my personal opinion is the best tobacco in the world, bar none. And uh, and our consumers love our stuff and our retailers love our stuff. You know, one of, the, one of the biggest things for me is I go to the trade show and Abe's there. He says, I want 10 of this, 10 of this, 10 of this. And a lot of times I'll have to go at the end. I'll go, Abe, would you like to try one? And it, to me, that yeah. gives, that's the nicest thing because people trust in you. It's like the new Perdomo Reserve 10th anniversary, you know, for three months, none of our salesmen had a sample. None of them had ever smoked it because we, you know, my dad always said, don't smoke your own stash. I wanted to make sure we could get it out to our retailers. And uh, we we hit, a, you know, we hit a thousand. I mean, we didn't, nobody said no. Everybody bought into the product. We sold a ton of it. Uh, some We actually gave credits to our salesmen because a lot of them actually bought the products from the retail store so they could try them. And I was doing something with Cigar Dojo and, and Eric said, Nick, you only gave me one of each. And I said, well, how about this? I know the owner. That's all I got, one of each. You know what I mean? So I didn't, none, of us, none of us, we didn't have any of the cigars, but it's nice when your retailers and your consumers trust you that much. And I think being in the industry for almost three decades, that trust factor is, is probably one of the most special things for me. And the best rating I can get is a consumer telling me you never smoked a bad Perdomo or a retailer telling me I can always bring somebody to the Perdomo section. And I know it's going to perform to the way the consumer wants it to perform. To me, that's a hundred rating every single time. 
Very true. You know, Nick, you talked about your tasting panel, and, I, and when I was down in the factory tour last year, I think one of the greatest exercises I ever went through was a blind tasting. And this wasn't a unbanded cigar. We were blindfolded. We were all blindfolded and had to taste the cigar. I saw the that, pictures. That is an unbelievable. If anyone has a chance to ever do that, you need two people to do it because someone's got to like help you light the cigar and stuff like that. But it is the most. I I learned so much in that that maybe half hour we were doing that uh, on tasting. It just it changed so much with that, and it's a very valuable exercise. If you ever get a chance to do it, you actually a blind smoke. Well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that, Coop. We're actually on our new events in 2021. We're actually going to bring blindfolds. I'm totally honest. Oh, we're going great. to do. We're going to do tastings on some of the newer newer cigars where people are going to be able to taste the cigars and not look at them because the wrapper really doesn't tell you everything. Mm -hmm. It's like a pretty girl in a yellow dress. It doesn't mean she's not active. You know what I mean? It's, you got you got you got you, you, you got it. You got to you got to read the you got to read the book, and not judge the cover. So I think it's going to be instrumental for guys to really learn how to taste cigars, and I think it's going to propel sales on some of the brands that we're going to to show them where it's going to pinpoint exactly what they like and they'll be able to enjoy the product even more. So we do that and we want to bring that experience onto our consumers at future Perdomo events in 2021. That's great news. Awesome. Well, uh, catch more information at scoop at uh, the, the scoop with hyphen coop. I forget what the hyphen is. I'm sorry. Cigar hyphen coop.com. Yeah. There you go. Cigar hyphen dupe caca. Sorry. Thanks, Abe. Thanks, Abe. <laughs> Been a rough morning. Been a rough morning. Uh, so, look, it's uh, time to uh, close out the show and see this week. And I have not read it. I've been very busy this week. Um, I have no idea. So, hopefully, Paul pulled a good one. But it's time to find out who belongs to Cigar Insane Asylum. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. All right, so this week, I, I do not believe that you could have fans and fanatics who will leave in the middle of a vacation, drive 13 hours, not even step out of their hotel room, get another hotel room, I come down and spend the weekend with you without somehow acknowledging this. So, uh, in the studio right now, get this camera over here. There oh, they are. Yes. Hey, guys. That's insane. Yes, a little bit. So, we have Michelle and Tom Pauser down from Juneau, Alaska. And Michelle is going to be our guest reader for this week's Cigar insane asylum so if you want to come over here we're gonna let you sit in my chair i was gonna ask if i sit in your lap no 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 <laughs> sit in my chair i don't get to sit in his lap not yet okay not yet <laughs> <laughs> there you go and you get to read the cigar insane asylum okay this week's inductee was just being creative but it almost cost him his life <laughs> a 30 year old man was rushed to the hospital by his family after exhibiting extreme confusion recently in the course of trying to self-medicate his depression and opiate dependence, he came across research showing some benefit from using psychedelic drugs like mushrooms and LSD. Days before the ER visit, <laughs> he had decided to use mushrooms by first boiling down down into what he called mushroom tea, then filtering the mixture through a cotton swab and intravenously injecting it. Wow. 
Tom didn't see the problem. Soon after, he developed symptoms including lethargy, jaundice, diarrhea, nausea, along with vomiting up blood. That's like a typical morning for Paul. <laughs> or after having <laughs> right? Yes. No, 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 you would never get sick after that. Never mind. Dis disregard. By the time he was admitted to the hospital's intensive care unit, multiple organs had started to fail. Tests revealed that he had both a bacterial and fungal infection in his blood, likely meaning that the mushrooms he injected were now literally feeding off him and growing inside of him. Ooh. Can, can we pause for that? Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's kind of crazy. Now, I see a problem now there's a problem, Tom sees the problem. Fun, nope. Among other treatments, he was given an intense course of antibiotics and antifungal drugs. It took 22 days in the hospital, including eight in the ICU, but the man did eventually pull through. At the time his doctors had finished writing the case up, though, he was still being treated with long-term course of antimicrobials. Congratulations, Mushroom Man. You are this week's inductee to the in Cigar Insane Asylum. Yeah, it's good. Yes, you can. Yes. That was one hell of a trip, I'm sure. Tom wants to sit on your lap, too. I don't, come on. Okay. Chair's not that big. Yes, chair. Sure. Sure. What is going on over there? <laughs> there we go. So these are our fanatic fans in from Janelle, Alaska. Tom Michelle Pauser. Awesome. Nick, thank you so much. For taking part of uh, the, taking time of your Saturday morning to come on KMA Talk Radio, you're always one of our favorite guests. Always well, got. Thank you for having us. Thank you yeah, for having but, me. I really appreciate it. Love having you on. Hopefully, we won't, won't go too long before we have you on again. Coop, so, as always, a pleasure, my friend. I will see you Thursday night. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, What's Coop's in town. Thanks friend? for telling me. No, I'm seeing him on his show, you putts. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the guy who produces our show. Right. Next, meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, I have the graphic right here. There you go. <laughs> meanwhile, next week, Hostos Fernandez. This should be an interesting show. Hosto Fernandez, who had long time been with Quesada Cigars, left the industry, and now is making cigars it looks like he's got his factory is that right started Coop? his own factory yeah he did so yeah first time guest on cam it should be a very interesting week everybody out there have a great weekend tell me to keep it lit keep it lit